What's up, listeners? It's time for a review of Cobweb. It's okay. It was just a bad dream. I heard it again. No more nightmares tonight. Okay, champ? <gasps> Daddy! This is getting ridiculous. This is an old house. There's bound to be bumps in the night. Peter drew this? Yes. Is he all right? Peter has an overactive imagination. No more nightmares. No more. That's right. You know, I wish I had someone I could talk to about the things that were happening in my house. Now, I'm going to stay spoiler-free through the first part of this review. I will give you fair warning when I'm going to get into spoilers. So again, the first half of this is going to be spoiler-free. This film is about a second grader named Peter who is bullied at school and has to deal with his very odd parents. And then while sleeping one night, he wakes up to some tapping inside of his walls in the middle of the night. Eventually, what's tapping starts talking to him, giving him the strength to stand up to the bully and sharing some intimate secrets about his parents. I saw this after seeing friend of the show Billy Ray Bruton tweeting about it, and I feel an obligation when I can to support good small horror films. So I went to the theater. I saw this at 10 p.m., and the place was fucking packed, but nobody was there to see Cobweb. Everybody was there to see Barbie. I saw this in a basically empty theater, but I knew absolutely nothing about it. I had not even seen the poster. Right up top, I'm gonna tell you I was not as high on this movie as Billy Ray was, but there's still a lot to like here. It felt like a cross between Barbarian and The Black Phone. So if you liked either of those films, I think you're gonna have a good time with this one. An overall chilly atmosphere is one of the first things that smacks you right in the face. Most of the film takes place in an old, creaky Victorian house, and you feel every step and bump through those echoes. Combined with a rest of score by Drum and Lace, the sound design really puts you on the edge of your seat, especially when you have no idea where this film is going. I found myself awaiting cheap jump scares around every doorway, yet the filmmakers didn't really stoop to that at any point that I can remember. I also love a good Halloween set horror film, but it's an absolute crime that this wasn't released in October. What what was Lionsgate thinking? Not only releasing it during the summer, but releasing it the same week as Barbie and Oppenheimer all but made the box office for this film dead on arrival. At my closest theater, it's getting a one week run and will probably be on streaming in like a couple of weeks. And it, it feels kind of gross. Like this should have been a Halloween movie. This is a movie that you watch when you walk out of the theater to a cool breeze, not sandwiched between two of the biggest films of the summer. Anyway, uh, more stuff that I liked here. The film was shot really well. The French duo of director Samuel Bowden and cinematographer Philip Lozano create some really simple but effective shots using windows and shadows that are quite nice. You can see shades of Hitchcock and Wes Craven several times during the movie. There are also a few clear nods to The Shining, which I'm sure was a big influence on the movie. Lizzie Kaplan and Anthony Starr play Peter's parents, and I thought they were really wonderful. I don't think I've seen Lizzie Kaplan do drama before. I'm used to her roles like Janice in Mean Girls, Casey in Party Down, but she was great as this woman who appears restrained, yet always feels like she's on the verge of completely cracking. 
And then, of course, you have Anthony Starr, who remains one of the best actors doing it. His stare alone is enough to scare the shit out of you, yet there's a playfulness to his parenting that's uh, kind of charming. It, it's it's both charming and alarming. And if you've seen The Boys, he plays Homelander in that, and you get the same kind of vibe here. A young actor named Woody Norman plays Peter, and while I thought he was okay in the role, his performance did seem a bit wanting, especially when you have to go up against Kaplan and Starr in the cast. It's hard to explain. Something about his acting just lacked authenticity, but maybe that's just me being overly picky. He's a kid. I don't want to shit on his performance. And it wasn't bad. It certainly wasn't bad. It just didn't measure up to both Star or Kaplan. Now, while the setup of the movie and the situation is quite effective, I think that the film loses its way during the final third. It relies on some cheap horror tropes, it's highly predictable, and while an opportunity to increase the body count presents itself on Halloween night, the way that situation is produced felt too easy, it felt a little contrived. And the way that the film ended was extremely anticlimactic and abrupt, so when I got up to leave the theater, I was feeling a little disappointed. Overall, I think this is a decent horror film that I could see myself watching again in a couple of years on Halloween, but it's certainly not going to be in my top five of the year. Even if I'm just talking horror films, it's not going to be in my top five. If you plan on seeing Cobweb and you want to avoid spoilers, now's the time to hit that pause button because I'm going to be spoiling some things and giving a suggestion around something that could have made the film a little bit more interesting to me. And by the way, if you want to see Cobweb, you better rush out right now because my guess is that like Friday, it's going to be out of theaters. So again, spoilers are incoming now. If you want to avoid spoilers, pause now, come back later, and uh, then you can see if you agree with me. All right, so let's talk about the creature design. It turns out that the thing in the walls is Peter's sister, who was, I guess, born deformed and looks like a spider. Because of what I assume are budget constraints, the filmmakers go with the less is more approach to showing the spider lady once she gets loose, which works. But then when we finally get the face reveal, the CGI looked really bad. I mean, if you take her out of the shadows, you you can't hide that. It looked like a live action combo between the Nightmare Before Christmas faces mixed with the Cheshire Cat and felt sillier than scary when you pull the curtain back. Speaking of the Spider Kid, there are some things in the script that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, and we should probably start with her. At one point, we learned that the parents killed a kid on Halloween years back and buried it about a foot deep in the garden. Clearly, they're capable of murder, yet not really capable of hiding it well. But they won't kill this daughter that nobody knows they have, and they never really wanted in the first place. That didn't really make sense to me. Like, why would they just keep her alive in the walls? You know, also fed her something that gave her super strength and the ability to walk on walls and the ceiling. Nowhere does it set anything supernatural up, and I highly doubt that it's that gross-looking soup that's keeping this thing living. Uh, I think the film could have been a lot more interesting if the spider kid was loyal and attached to Peter instead of just using him to get out and then trying to kill him out of jealousy. In abusive situations, kids tend to form stronger than normal bonds, and that would have been a cool twist. In the moment when the four bullies walk into the house, it would have been really fun to have this happen before Peter unlocks his sister's door. Have him duck and weave and try to avoid the bullies, get upstairs just in time for them to catch up to him as click the door unlocks and the sister is unleashed. I think that would have been really cool. I think teaming them up would have been far more interesting than what we got. The climax was also just so fucking dark that you couldn't see much of the kills. And those you do see, like half the kills happen off screen anyway. 
And then the fight at the end is so weak. It just never felt like the teacher or Peter had to struggle much in the final basement scene. Now, I hope this isn't coming off as overly negative. I do think this is worth seeing. I just think that a better release date and a couple of tweaks to the script would have done wonders for the final product and would have catapulted Cobweb into the pantheon of must-see Halloween films. As it is, I'll probably uh, be watching this like once every 10 years. Fellow listeners, have you seen Cobweb? What did you think of it? Was I right? Am I missing something? Let me know at Force5Pod on Twitter, at Force5Podcast on Instagram, or at Force5Podcast at gmail.com. As always, stay safe, stay sane, and stay tuned for this Monday, which features the Robert Downey Jr. Draft.